This is BT Techno, a regular podcast series for financial advisors wanting to remain at the forefront of strategy, regulatory and industry news. Hello everyone, my name is Tim Howard, Technical Services Consultant in the BT Technical Services team, a group of qualified individuals who can help you as advisors answer any advice technical related queries you might have. This week I wanted to run through an interesting question we had come into the team around granny flat arrangements. This is a question that comes up now and again, but often an advisor will find themselves having to answer a client's query in response to what the client plans to do, rather than always being a strategy the advisor is recommending. For that reason today, let's go through some of the main points of this particular Centrelink concession. So for this question, the advisor had a client who was looking to sell her home at market price to her daughter at an estimated sale price of $800,000. The mother then planned to build a granny flat on the now daughter's property to the estimated value of $250,000 after the sale goes through. Now, the exact price was still to be determined. However, it was possible that the costs for this granny flat could be less than $250,000 or about that amount. Presented with those facts, there is no gifting of funds in this transaction. The mother will receive $800,000 for the sale of her home and the granny flat funded by the mother going forward will be considered her main residence. This is where the granny flat rules can confuse people as sometimes the provisions which effectively allow someone to gift assets in return for an interest to live or remain in a dwelling can get complicated. The question then became that should the advisor have to consider the reasonableness test and would the client in fact be a homeowner rather than a non-homeowner after this particular transaction? Additionally, as the client will have the funds sitting in her bank account while the property being the granny flat gets built, how will these be treated? Is she simply able to update Centrelink that her intention is to use the funds to build a granny flat from the sale proceeds to be exempt for a period of time? So firstly, what is the reasonableness test? Well, the reasonableness test is a quasi-actuarial valuation of the value of a person's life interest or right to occupy a property or granny flat. It is used only when the income support recipient transfers extra assets in addition to the cost of the granny flat or life interest, or where someone has made a lump sum contribution towards an existing accommodation at someone else's property where no construction or renovations have occurred. Now, an income support recipient will not be considered to have paid more than their granny flat interest is worth if they have either transferred the title of a home and kept a life interest or right to live in that home, paid to build a granny flat on someone else's property, paid to convert someone else's home to suit their needs and receive a life, uh, lifetime interest, a life right to live there, or purchased a property in someone else's name and received a lifetime right to live there. So in this case, there's no need to apply the reasonable test. So long as the client only pays the building costs for the granny flat and doesn't transfer any additional amounts, the reasonableness test won't apply. Secondly, when determining whether the client will be a homeowner or non-homeowner, we need to look at the value of the granny flat interest. These rules would allow someone to be classed as a homeowner, uh, even if they don't own the property in which they live. So, If there are what we call uh, the entry contribution, which is the building costs in this example, 
are more than the extra allowable amount, the client will be treated as a homeowner and the entry contribution is excluded from the assets test. If the entry contribution is less than the extra allowable amount, the client will be a non-homeowner and the entry contribution is treated as an accessible asset. Now, the extra allowable amount is the difference between the homeowner and non-homeowner asset test thresholds, and it's currently $224,500. As you can see, this amount is right near the proposed construction costs of $250,000, so the actual outcome of the building costs may make a difference to how the client is treated from a homeowner or a non-homeowner perspective. There is also a Centrelink exemption for the sale proceeds of your principal home when you intend to purchase, build, rebuild, repair, or renovate a principal home going forward. Now, this includes when you intend to use the amount uh, of your sale proceeds to establish a granny flat right, and, and only and, you are paying more than the extra allowable amount to do so. This exemption applies to the assets means test. However, during the exemption period, uh, the amount of the principal home sale proceeds, which are exempt, will still be deemed with all of the individual's other financial assets under the income means test. Now, this specific exemption is also only available for 12 months, or it can be also extended in certain circumstances uh, out to 24 months, but is very specific where this exemption uh, criteria of this extension can actually occur. Uh, where the intention for this client is to only contribute up to $250,000 toward the building of a new home, granny flat in this case, uh, any remaining sale proceeds from the sale of her former home over and above that amount will be means tested uh, under the asset and income test immediately. While whether this client will be treated as a homeowner or a non-homeowner may yet to be determined based on the value of the granny flat right, uh, how it lands, how much she ends up paying for that build, uh, we can conclude that by building the granny flat on the land owned by someone else and retaining a right to live in that premises uh, will mean that the granny flat provisions apply and she will not be depriving herself of the value of the asset, i.e. the construction costs, for means testing purposes. Well, I hope this has given you some insight into the key considerations around some of these unique housing arrangements for senior Australians. Uh, issues such as this are what our team does love to discuss, not only in our fortnightly BT Academy webinar series, series, but also when we speak to advisors around strategy and legislation support when formulating advice for their clients. Now, don't forget you can watch all of our previous BT Academy episodes plus register for upcoming live sessions, which will allow you to participate in live polls, Q&A and discussion by heading to bt.com.au forward slash professional and then following the links to the BT Academy webinar series. In the meantime, if you are an advisor and have any technical questions, you can contact the BT Technical Services team on 1800 655 or by emailing technical at btfinancialgroup.com. As always, thanks for joining me today and until next time, bye for now. BT Tech knows, and now you know. Join us next time to keep ahead of the curve for strategy, regulatory and industry news. This podcast is being developed for financial advisor use only and provides general information only. It does not take into account any particular individual's objectives, financial situations or needs.